Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? This is the Go Along Podcast. I'm Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas. Jim Monas has some extraordinary news to share. I'm sure our loyal podcast listeners, they've been, they've been following the news, but thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to share the news that Jim Monas is taking his talents to the XFL, baby. So, Jim, tell us what you can, how it came to fruition. It sounds like the band is getting back together to an extent, correct? <laughs> well, this is one of those you don't have to think too hard on. The, the the connections on this one are just too crazy. But it starts with Russ Brandon, obviously, with the Bills. Then he hires Mark Ross to, you know, to oversee everything, who's on our show as a good friend of mine who I've worked with, um, who's with NFL Network right now. Um, and then he hires Whaley, Doug Whaley. So, I mean, obviously I got the call. We were all talking and we all had great ideas and, and excited about, let's give this thing a shot. See if we can't make it work. I mean, nobody's ever made it to year two. I've worked in every, you know, I worked in the AAF, boom, shut down. I worked in the XFL COVID boom, shut it down. So I'm going to, Hey, let's give it another shot. But I think there's a market there for it. Um, I, we have some pretty good ideas. We're going to be aggressive. I can tell you we're going to be aggressive is the best word I'm going to use as far as rules, talent, as far as how old are they going to be. I, yeah, we're going to be aggressive. I love it. I love it. I don't even know where to start. I think yeah, there's, there's going to be such, such yeah. An op- yeah. And we'll definitely, we'll, we'll talk XFL and we should share here. The pod goes on, correct? We can still yeah, we got it up. Blessing. We got the blessing from the XFL. No, Russ Brandon likes our show, and he said, "Let's keep let's keep it going." So, 
Sounds good to me, man. I'm, I'm thrilled. I know, man. I'm, I'm excited. We're going to some good, hopefully get some good stories out of this too. But what an opportunity. I mean, you put it perfectly there. I think you really did see a lane for another league in that um, post-Super Bowl pre-draft window. Re- I mean, there's an opportunity for something to just captivate the country. I mean, people were into that first week of the AAF. They were into the XFL before COVID really hit. The, I think that the, the hunger is there, right? There, there is a market. And if you implement the right rules, I'm sure you can't get into everything here, but I've, I've been banging the table. Look, there, maybe you just touched on it. You, give, you get, give these kids an opportunity to go professional earlier. Maybe they would like to feed their families. Crazy thought. Maybe this talent that they have, if they had a talent in anything else at 18 years old or 19 years old and they could use that to provide, why not football? There's, I think as long as we could somehow provide an opportunity for them to earn college credits while they're playing in the XFL and they're making money, you play for three years and go to the draft. Right. I mean, it just takes that one, it would just take that one, you know, that one guy, you know, that one, whoever it is, a five-star, I, you know, I would love to, I mean, that to me would be where you could make history as far as a five-star turns down college to go make money and earn credits, you know. I, it absolutely will happen too. I don't it see will why it's happen. such a crazy, yeah, it doesn't seem so crazy to me. Like, I just feel like just takes, you know, just takes that one person that can understand the vision of, Hey, why not? Why should I get, let's go to make money and learn the game, you know, from, you know, a professional type atmosphere. So, you know, personally, I would prefer that 18 year old, just go to an urban Meyer led program, you know, a fatherly figure, somebody that will really nurture yes. them along, you know, really teach them about life, you know, maybe leadership too, maybe, you know, grinding on women that aren't your significant others at a bar <laughs> when you're drunk and you're not flying home with your team. That could oh, be, boy. that could be a course as well. No, but you know what? I think we've touched on it before in so many ways, even beyond football college is kind of a sham. It is. And if you can because cut out the middleman, about- if you can provide the development and the opportunities with an XFL, colleges aren't going to I mean, they're going to be terrified of you guys, as they should, because kids don't need it. I, for some reason, it makes sense to me, but, you know, it just, it's just going to take, you know, like anything else, just takes that first. It does. But something like that is something I would just think would be a game changer. I'm so excited. So 2023. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think the goal is to get the teams assembled this fall, you know, um, not when I say this fall, like November of 22. Yeah. I And, and then try to get ready for the spring of 23 for games. I think there is, man, I just want to talk XFL this whole hour. I really no, do. we like, don't have to. I don't, Cause to be honest, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Yeah. There's a lot. I um, don't know yet. So I'm kind of like, 
I can't wait to get a lot more knowledge and share it and talk about it. It'll be cool. But there's a lot of talent that gets lost in the shuffle. You know, you it's, watch an NFL game. Yeah. How many times is there a Rasul Douglas getting a pick six or, yeah. you know, a running back that nobody's ever heard of that uh, Chase Reynolds with the Lions is running for 112 yards. Yeah. There's these random guys come in and have these big games. You can't tell me that elite, like if you're a player and you're kind of buried on a practice squad or you're six string, you're not going to opportunity. Go to the XFL, get on a, on a network television, get your name out there, get the ball in your hands, show the world what you can do. Um, there's going to be a pool of talent to really pick from, I think. I'm telling you, so the starting right guard for the 49ers right now, we, when I was in the AAF, I was working in personnel for the San Diego team. Um, awesome job, by the way, like as far as San Diego, hell yeah. Oh man, I'm telling you, that was the best. Um, Mike Martz was, that's a whole other, you know, we'll talk to them. I'm sure we could have a pot on that. That guy. Is, I have so many Martz questions for you. Yeah. That guy is, I don't know. He's out there, but he, <laughs> he is, he is an offensive, like. Well, Belichick kind of broke him though. Right. Like I think that was in Seth Wickersham's book. I, I still have to read it. Interesting. That's yeah. so interesting. But anyway, this, the starting right guard for them, we, we, we had, um, you know, on our team in San Diego, like I was like, dang, that's cool to see him doing that. And tight end for the um, Chargers that got hurt the other day, that Parham, he was an XFL fine. That's right. So don't like, it's definitely, you know, you'll get those guys, you know, or you can just get guys that are going to continue to play football at a high level, get, you know, and, and continue maybe their education or whatever it is, but a lot of different options, a lot of different options. I like it. Well, I'm yeah. thrilled for you. Happy for you. Thanks, man. This has been, it's been great. You deserve it's the opportunity cool. and um, appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think even think it's a, I don't even think it's a debate. I, it will succeed. Um, I, I can't wait to see it succeed too. All right. Well, we're brought to so you now, by Hamper Brewing now, Company. We, we've got to, we've got to throw that in there, right? We, um, we definitely do. And you got the frosty IPA is just that time. It's that time of year. It, it is frosty, the IPA season. I will say, though, Jim, right now I'm working a little grounded. It's the bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with coffee. I mean, you can combine coffee and bourbon together in a stout at 10%. Yes, that's 10%. That's, um, that's the beer of choice. That's pretty days. strong. It's good. It's good. I can't, can't tell that. everybody enough. Check it out. Get their beer. Um, you won't be disappointed. Never. So I figured we'd talk a little New York Giants today. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's up to you. I mean, I, I <laughs> it's been incredible, man. That was, it was nice to see some other people. I feel like I was I'm the only one to <laughs> tell people what's going on and behind the scenes sometimes. It's a, it can be a shit show you and nailed you, it you have heard enough stories from me you got it from the giants now like you see how this dysfunction is a real thing in these for the nfl teams it is completely and to kind of bring it back to why i launched the go along newsletter i mean it's to try to find stories that you're not going to get at a press conference via zoom right. and the centralized messaging from these NFL teams. It's 
it's sad, but that's kind of what it is without open locker room, without that ability to get in there and do some original reporting, original storytelling. And, and look, like we've always said, there's, there's teams out there that work that they hate it, that work around it, that are very, very helpful. And there's teams that aren't, but by and large, that's kind of where things are going. Like here is the messaging. Here's what we're pushing out. And I feel like the truth gets lost, yeah. you know, when, and, and the people that lose out are the fans putting millions of dollars into this product that make this product possible that are obsessed with the NFL. So, yeah, I, th- I mean, the impetus for the story, Jim, nine of the last 10 years, they haven't made the playoffs. Five years in a row, six wins or less. You're talking about the New York Giants. You're talking about the quote-unquote model franchise, as many refer to them as. And it just it just starts with why. Like, how, how did it get this bad? Like, how, what, what the hell happened here with the Giants? And uh, I, I reached out to as many people as possible. And look, Dave Gettleman, four years in, things have only gotten worse. And they're giving away medium sodas. As for fan appreciation, um, the team isn't really fighting at all on the field. And he let a lot of people go. And yeah, these are the people willing to speak freely. These are the people who want to explain to the public what's going on. Here's what happened. Draft to draft, pick to pick. It's not opinion. This is just what happened. This is what went down. So I should, first of all, if people are listening and new to the podcast, which, which you might be, thank you for subscribing to go along. I, I, I've been blown away, Jim. I mean, the response has been through the roof. Um, if anybody had any doubts uh, about, about the giant fan base, it is loud. It is massive and they want answers. They want to know how it got this bad and they want changes. I, I think they're tired of, the status quo of just promoting from within promoting friendly faces, not getting an independent thinker to come in and fix the shit going on. That's what they need. Like, sorry, it's you hung on to Eli Manning too long. Probably going to be in the hall of fame legend. I get it, but it's a theme on this podcast, right? We've always talked about when do you let go? How do you let go? You had to cut bait bait sooner than you did. Hey, guilty as charged on Daniel Jones. <laughs> I took that hook, line, and sinker. I love this game. They might be getting time to really think about him if you're the Giants. <laughs> Cutting bait. If, because if you hang on, look, if you hang on, look. you're going to be blind to a potential savior for your franchise. And uh, please, if, if you don't subscribe, subscribe, check it out. We have all the detail in there. But kind of hanging on to Eli a little too long kind of kind of blinded them from the possibility of Another quarterback, one example being Patrick Mahomes and uh, Ben McAdoo, who did a lot wrong. He was not perfect by any means. Ben McAdoo loved Patrick Mahomes. Like he went to his pro day, loved him, wanted to get his hands on him. And, but they weren't in the mindset, right, Jim? Like they weren't in the mindset to even think about what Kansas City did because of the Maras, because of this Eli infatuate or this Eli belief, I should say. Yeah. So you running back and round and round you go um, in the next year, I should say. Right. Uh, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on this whole situation, Jim? I mean, it's uh, I'm fascinated by it and I'm not, you know, obviously I have no stake in the game. I'm just trying to no. get answers on the, on the why and the how and the what, but if I was a giants fan, I would, 
I wouldn't be happy. Like I, it, it, they're in a bad place. I think we've, or I know I've talked about it on this show enough. When you're structured correctly, it starts right with ownership that's going to spend money and pretty much stay out of the way. Do the Giants have that? That would be a question mark, correct? Correct. The GM and head coach have to be tied together. They have to be, or else you're just banging your head in the wall. These two weren't, these two, this was a, they didn't know each other. Like they didn't have some, this was a kind of a forced relationship. And then your fourth thing has to be franchise quarterback. Don't have it. They have none of the four things you need to be a successful team organization right now. Like they're not close. And it starts at the top to get, get out of the way, get out of the way. Pick who you want, GM or head coach. Who are you going to – who is it? Does the GM have all the power? Then he hires the head coach. Does the coach have the power? He hires the GM. They have to be synced up. And then go get your quarterback. Move on from Daniel Jones. It's not going to work. Like, it's just not. Not New York. I You know, I don't hate Daniel Jones as a player. I don't. Um, I don't see – I haven't seen a lot of improvement. Like it's, it's still the incredible amount of turnovers and, you know, poor decision-making it's, it's just not getting better. It's really, they're really far off. Yeah. They're far off from being a good organization right now. It really does start at the top though. And I get it. Dave Gettleman is central to this all, you know, he is the general manager. He is the one at the press conference table, you know, saying that Saquon Barkley was touched by the hand of God and Daniel Jones, when he saw him at the, at the senior bowl, you know, he, he was in love, which Jim um, senior bowl game. I'm guessing not usually a uh, strong. Wasn't no <laughs> persuader. Doesn't need to be on your radar. I mean, you get a, the rules are strict. You don't, you get like, I think maybe one blitz, like there's one way yeah. to blitz maybe. There's only a couple coverages. I mean, you're not getting anything out of that. That's not even it's fair kind of, to judge. Yeah. It's kind of affected your career, though. I mean, you come in, to, well, not to go down this road again, but you came to Buffalo no. after they drafted EJ Manuel. I think Buddy Nix probably used that senior bowl performance by EJ to an extent. I don't know the details on that, but some. Oh, he was, it was, he. yeah, we get into EJ. But yeah, you can, I guess you can be around a guy especially at the senior bowl a little bit where this is where you're around. Now they're around coaches and you're finding out what, which guys are like, Hey, these guys are sharp. These guys are, you know, which players are kind of pro ready. Yeah. So, you know, you get that on you, you're like a Daniel Jones, maybe that's what Gettleman just thought he was the next Eli, you know, and Peyton, because they went to the man. Both coached by David Cutcliffe. They, at the same demeanor, same, similar right. games. But back to that point on ownership, it, it does yeah. start there. And uh, I'm sure they would deny the meddling, you know, until the cows come yeah. home. Look, all you have to do is go on the team website. That's all you have to do. Go to the personnel department. Look at the first name, Chris Mara. Then, as I was told, you go, go to right below that, a nephew of the owner. Like this is family. This is right. family. 
in personnel, in football. I mean, we're not, this isn't being invented. It's not being made up. Um, nobody's saying that, that, that he is above the journal manager, but the presence of somebody who is not going anywhere, he's not going to be fired by his brother, has an effect. That's how an Eli Manning sticks around. Like, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they, they aren't alone. I mean, this, this is the case in a lot of places. And look, if you, if you own a team and I always come back to the book, America's game, Jim, by Michael McCambridge, everybody, please, if you're looking to get somebody in your life, uh, a last minute Christmas gift, and they are a football fan, like I, I can't recommend the book enough. Have you read it? America's game? No, and you're making me want to because you've talked oh. about it. I'm like, it feels like it's something I, I need to really sink myself into. It, it just takes you from the 40s to today, basically, on the evolution of the sport. But I just was reading a chapter recently on Jerry Jones, and like when he bought the team, you know, he he sacrificed everything. I mean, he put his life savings on the line, all of that, and he made it clear immediately, like I am moving to Dallas. I am going to be immersed into everything. This is my life. So you own a team. You paid for the team. You feel like this is you, you, you do, you're able to do whatever you want. Right. But we see it again and again and again. Like it doesn't lead to wins in many cases. You need to set your ego aside. Ego is the root of all evil. You need to somehow strip that, get somebody that you trust, that you believe in, in there look no further than new England where I know Robert Kraft has stepped in from time to time. We know the Tom Brady stuff, but guess who's running It's Bill Belichick. He realized he had some greatness there and he is going to let that greatness do its thing. And that's an extreme example, but there are franchises that are run correctly. The Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and there, there are some where I think we all kind of assumed the giants were this model franchise when in reality, Ownership, it they do have their fingerprints on things. Yeah, and it, it's um, I don't know when you go through it, when you read what you were talking about and getting these stories from these guys, you know, I like it sounds real because I've been in those situations where it's like you those are real life debates. I mean where you can have a coach love somebody and the scouting staff not, and it can, it can seriously change your franchise. And that's why there has to be a clear, clear, clear decision maker in the building. And what is the vision for the team? Great point because that came up again and again with the giants, Deandre Baker, Georgia cornerback um, troubled, in college and and please all the details are in the stories um which that's right it's all there but yep marcus cooper is the area scout um who was from buffalo did you guys i don't know if you guys cross paths and i work yeah we work together yeah so i was told you know he's the area scout down there and he told the giants look i talked to the position coach he's got work ethic issues he he did the digging he he talks to where to the people running the workout facility um, down there uh, where he gets ready for the draft. They're saying he's not yeah. showing up. He's trying to FaceTime him during the season. He doesn't answer sometimes. Red flags all over the place. And uh, Pat Shermer wanted him bad. And Dave Gettleman bent 
to the head coach and that's where it pays to have a GM be the decider. That's why Ted Thompson was so good. Like oh, he yeah. wasn't perfect. Like Ted, especially no toward the end when his mind started going, but he didn't say much in his press conferences, but he made it clear. Like it, it ends with me. Like I'm going to make, be the decider. I'm, I'm making that final call. I don't think you know, Gettleman isn't like sitting on a throne um, being some to- type of emperor, you know, he, he, if anything, like he maybe should have been a little more decisive as far as that goes, but yeah, because with DeAndre Baker, you know, he, with Shermer and basically say, Hey, get his ass in line. I don't want to hear about anything. They took him with all these reservations and, and what happened? You know, he's, he's terrible. 10 games in, he's 113th ranked corner out of 113 corners in the NFL teammates are calling out his work ethic. He gets benched by Pat Shermer. He has the, the incident. Um, who knows what happened? The charges were dropped, right? And he's playing for the Chiefs right now, but he was arrested for holding up somebody at gunpoint. It's not pretty, or I should say allegedly. And his attorney said it was extortion and charges were dropped. However you slice it, that notwithstanding, a terrible draft pick, a first round draft pick. And they knew the red flags and they still took them. And that's where you should have listened to the scouts. There's an art to scouting. There's an art to it. And you're getting into somebody's character. Now here's what I want to ask you, Jim, like as a coach, you do know you need some guys with a little shit to them, a little edge, like, and that, and that's where it gets tough. Like how do you kind of differentiate the player who's very, very talented, who may have a little baggage, but you can work with that baggage. And I think that's probably where it comes down to just football character, right? Like if, if there's somebody, you know, it's going to show up early, stay late, put in the hours, but he has a little baggage. Maybe you take the chance on that guy, Micah Parsons, who they didn't take a chance on. Um, that, how do you kind of wade through that discussion? It, you'd be shocked to sit in draft um, meetings and hear area scouts, you know, when I used to be one and you wouldn't believe the amount of things we knew about these guys. That's all you do. And I learned at a very young age as a scout is my grade on a player. Like if I think, Oh, you, you know, we should take him in the second, third round, fourth round, whatever. I was all into that as an area scout. I was told that, that's the furthest thing they need from you that, that let them make that decision. Like that's what they're getting paid to do. Your director of scouting, your GM, you know, everything you can about that guy, character off the field, whatever it is, mental, how intelligent you have to be ready for those questions. Yeah. I always thought coach Payton did a great job of putting us on the spot as scouts, you know, Hey, what's, you know, boom, you know, tell me about him quick, you know, if, and be able to like, you know, what are we scared of? Like, what is it, you know? And then they decide like, what do we take the chance on? Yeah, is, it don't? Hands, is it his football character? You know, what, how, you know, how bad was it? You know, what are we talking about? I don't know. So if, if your scouts are saying, if they're telling you stay away, you really have to think about it. I really believe that. I just, you've got to, the scouts, I'm telling you, they know a crazy amount of things about these players. Because you're investigating 
these players. Oh, I mean, and- it's unbelievable. That's why I told you the 30 for 30 with Urban Meyer, Florida would be. I knew, yeah, I knew, I felt like I knew everything about those guys. <laughs> I did some good digging. I just remember the digging I had to do for that team, those teams. And I, the, the, I got a good source. I had, I, I networked and got a good source. And I felt really? like I, like if you felt like you just broke a story or if you were in that line of work, that's how it felt. I was like, boom, I got my guy. Like I got an assistant coach that told me everything. Oh man. I know you yep. can't say who this assistant coach is, but <clears throat> this is somebody who I would never, I could never dirt. do that. Told you the too, dirt on all these players. Oh, I'll never. I was like, I felt like I was writing a novel about the University of Florida. Like every guy had a, a long, long list of things, but they were so talented. When you write that's, a, that's why I guess that's my point. Yeah, what do you weigh? You know, does he love football or not? Does he love it or not? Everybody has stuff they're going to do off the field. Can they handle it? Because they love football. It's so true. I don't know if uh, it's that simple. The casual fan realizes that there's a lot of guys who are very talented, but they don't love it. Uh, Right. Like they, on Sundays, they, they might play it because they're good at it, but they don't, they don't love it. It's a job. That running back we traded for Bryce Brown. Yeah. Um, I was a big fan of his. He didn't love football. Is that right? Mm-mm. He didn't love it. How could you tell? Like, what are the telltale signs? Just talking with him and even Anthony Lynn. I remember we were all just like, I, it was just always something. He always had something, whether it was bad luck with an injury or off the field stuff like that was family related that was tough it just i don't know i he just didn't seem like he just loved love football but he was so talented i mean his his career arc reflects exactly that where he comes in as a rookie in 2012 seventh round with the eagles and he he has a very good season he averaged 4.9 yards per carry 115 carries for 564 yards has another pretty good season after that and then you guys acquire him in 2014 and didn't he have like a big fumble that season yeah he was getting ready to score he was playing really well too was that the kansas city game kansas city Mm -hmm. man it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of these guys, I mean, you can't make somebody love something, I, I suppose. But you would think that later in life they might look back, you know, he might Google his name and look at that pro football reference and say, damn it, you know, I should have poured myself into it a little bit more. Or maybe not. I know. I know. It's tough. It really is. It's tough. But well, you've done a lot, so many stories with mental toughness mental health it's so real it is 
So when you're writing a report, and this was in, um, yeah, I believe part one of our giant series. So with, with the giants, when Dave Gettleman came in, I mean, he basically wanted to just wipe the memories of the scouts, change everything, completely change the scouting system from this numerical alphabetical categories, you know, separating guys based on a letter grade with a number and, uh, the history is all in there. You know, it goes back to Sid Gilman, Tom Landry's Cowboys, the mid seventies Patriots, George Young brought up the giants. It's tried and true. And then you have the Ron Wolf system, which also works and obviously has worked for the Packers, but Gettleman kind of brings that in. But at the nitty gritty level with the scouts that I talked to, when they're writing reports in the past, they could kind of freehand it. And, and, you know, write it as a story, mix in the positives with the negatives yep. and, and have an intro. You know what I mean? Like here's, mm-hmm. here, here's the true story on this prospect. And Gettleman was like, no, like positives, negatives, cookie cutter, bang, bang. When you were writing reports, which did you prefer? And what do you think is the best way to go about it? And how does it manifest itself when you are deciding on these prospects? Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's, every scout has a certain style. Um, I always try to tell a story, you know, kind of work your way. You hit them good with the good quick, you know, does this well, does this well concerned with this. And then, you know, and you mix it in throughout. Um, Yeah. The, the positive negative thing. It's too. Yeah. You're missing out on details. Like the scout will be able to tell you some of the, you know, expand on the positives and negatives and really dive into why is he going to be good or why would he fail? I always like to talk like that. Hey, what's going to prevent him from, you know, because sometimes you answer your own question. You're like, yeah, I mean, yeah. He has some, you know, these negatives may prevent him from being, even if you thought for sure, like this guy would, you know, you have to check yourself and really dive into why would he fail? I agree. I, I don't understand the cookie cutter form. I mean, no. I feel like if you really want to get to know a guy and I'm, I'm biased because my job is to try to tell a story that's interesting and has an arc and, 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 yeah. just, yeah. pulling people in and, and makes you interested. Scouting is the same thing. Like same thing. Let, 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 let's, let's get to the truth and let's get to it organically. Let, let's not, you know, feel like we're um, on an assembly line with this all. Uh, <laughs> but so if you're, if you're Dave Gettleman and, and you're taking over as GM, all right, you're Dave Gettleman, Jim. It's 2018. All right. You got the job. Let's even set aside the fact that he got the job with the agreement to some degree. Eli Manning's the quarterback. All right. <laughs> okay. That, that's you can, what you just, yeah. you can never do whatever you want with Eli Manning. Let's do that. In 2018 as GM, and you got the second overall pick with all those players that were available. What are you doing in that moment? Not, not in hindsight. What are you doing right then? That's it. You, you're your quarterback. You are. T- we are taking a quarterback. We are moving on from Eli. It's enough. Like 
enough. That's forward thinking. Yeah. That's how you have to be. You have to know when to cut ties. And obviously they had the shot at Josh Allen. And I know Sam Darnold was there too. And nobody really knew where they would have gone because Dave Gettleman didn't really uh, entertain the thought. It seemed like it was Saquon all the way. He didn't, he didn't like any of the quarterbacks. And for a running back, like I know. Bradley Chubb is there. Quentin Nelson is there trading down. You were three and 13 the year prior trade down, get picks, rebuild. You have holes everywhere. It's it was the ultimate luxury pick. It really was, wasn't it? I just, yeah, I mean, what running back would change? I, I can't even think of one. I mean, I love Christian McCaffrey, but he can't stay healthy. No. Alvin Cook, I mean, he's a stud. But does he change your team? I don't know. I just don't know if running backs change your team. I mean, Case in point is Saquon Barkley's rookie season, right? I mean, they go five and eleven, but he rushes for thirteen hundred and seven yards. He has seven hundred and twenty-one receiving yards. He catches ninety-one balls. He scores fifteen touchdowns. He does everything that you'd want out of a running back. And guess what? You won five games, and then he plays this position where the college scouting director is saying. It doesn't matter what you have on the offensive line. He's Saquon Barkley. You see this film? It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, guess what? That line isn't very good, and it never does develop. And mm. Dave Gettleman's mistakes compound. And he does get hurt, and he's playing behind a bad line, tears his ACL, suffers the ankle injury, has the low ankle injury. It's It's been sad. You know, He four years into this, going on five, and – he hasn't changed anything. And you know what? He's the same player he was at Penn State, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, granted, not with the injuries. The injuries have affected him. I'm just saying, like, it's it's not like they drafted him thinking he was a good player and he was a bad player. He's a good player. But yeah, the nature of the position and everything you've done around him has made it such where it doesn't matter. It doesn't. And that's where... Who's making these, you know, how are you moving forward as an organization? Like, who thought a running back was going to change in a year where you had all those quarterbacks? Right. You know, if, if they were smart, too, if Dave Gutterman was a good poker player, what he would have done, right, is – Okay, e- Okay. even if you have to roll with Eli for right now, fine. Okay, fine. Sell to the public. Sell privately to other teams that you can't wait to move on from Eli and you're going to draft a quarterback. And guess what? It, it might be Darnold. It might be Allen. It might be Mayfield. It might be Lamar. You Keep them off balance. Build up the value of that pick to the upteenth degree and then trade down, right? Even if it's just a few slots. I mean, look, look what San Francisco had to give up to move up to take Trey Lance. Like 
you could still get a Quentin Nelson. You could have gotten a Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, that, that draft was was loaded from yeah. what I recall. Vita Vea was in there too. You need everything if you're the Giants. You need everything. So even if and that's the thing, Dave Gettleman said at his press conference, rewatching those that he take him at his word, he didn't like any of the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like, or I forget exact is his exact quote. None of them blew him away. Like he wasn't enamored to the point of needing to take one at number two. But if that's the case, fine. Make it make it seem like you love everybody of these teams. Just go act like yeah, and then trade down. Am I being naive? I feel like I mean I'm not. I haven't been in the NFL. Is could that be a thing that he could do? Um, <clears throat> yeah, you could do it. You, you should at least sell it. You should sell it, like you're saying, like because it was a quarterback heavy draft. Like you were in a power position. Yeah. Like you were in a great position to take a quarterback. Yeah. The heck with all the trading, you should have been everything you could find out about Josh Allen, Lamar. Like, I mean, you're talking about two of the most physically gifted quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Lamar. Gosh, just physically gifted. And that's the thing too. It's like, of course he should have the acumen to know that one of these guys is going to be a stud and you need to add that player. But even if you don't, even if you don't use the perception that you do. And instead, after he took Saquon Barkley, here's, here's what Dave Gettleman said, quote, people call you. And they want the second pick in the draft for a bag of donuts, a hot pretzel, and a hot dog. Go away. Leave me alone. I ain't got time to screw around. Does that sound like somebody entertaining offers for the number two pick, Jim? Oh, my God. Our in- the industry is just hilarious. <laughs> it's such a bad quote. General manager for four years. That's such a bad of the prestigious quote. New York Giants looking for hog mollies. Yeah, well, that's a hard one for me. I have some friends on that, you know, that went through that with, you know, with the Giants. And yeah, it doesn't upset uh, me to see them struggle. Man, well. I hope everybody is able to learn a little bit from our series. Like I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing, for supporting go long. And this is uh, completely powered by the people, you know, we're not tethered to corporations or advertisers or anything like that at the newsletter. It's, it's all direct from the consumers and we want to get answers. We want to figure out why and people were willing to explain it. We appreciate that. We'll see what happens. I think they'll probably just promote from within, Jim. I think they're going to make the same mistake. We'll see. I I did hear from a source, um, an AFC exec, that they are interested, at least interested, in a football mind to come in. But then you hear, well, Kevin Abrams is a strong contender to move up. He's been in the organization for 23 years. He was a salary cap guy, if I'm not mistaken. For That's how he kind of got it, cut his teeth. 
he's not out on the road. He's not looking at these guys as a scout um, nearly as much as everybody else. What do you think they'll do? What does your instinct tell you? That makes it tough. Like, who is going to be the power position? Is it is Judge going to survive? They love Joe Judge. So he might have the power. So he... It's not dissimilar, right? From what we've seen before. Um, I mean, Mc, I guess it's, it, it's different from your situation, but McDermott did get power. But we've seen front offices shaken up to some degree, and then the head coach emerges with the final say. It seems like the Maras love Joe Judge. Um, and that, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll probably have a lot of say, won't he? And if you take him at his word, he wants to roll with Daniel Jones. That's his guy. <laughs> Man. I can't what a like division. What a division, you know? You know, we were poking fun at the Philadelphia Eagles for a while. Right now, you know, if you were to ask me which team will win the most games for the next five years, I might say Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, if he develops as a passer a little bit. Howie Roseman has not been perfect. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I like the way they play. Like they're they play hard. They're hard. They play hard. Like Sirianni's done a good job. <laughs> um, Dallas has a lot of talent, but Mike McCarthy is, you know, still settling for those field goals at the other half. <laughs> and Washington, I mean, they've been got COVID and everything hit them hard. But I, I was so high on Washington into the season, Jim, and um, the, the secondary started so, so horribly. Strange how bad. Yeah, it's strange how bad. They couldn't overcome it. All right, any final thoughts on the Giants? Any no, man, that was great. It's really, grievances? It's really been fun. No, it's a good one. It's a good one. Well, thanks. Thanks so much, and thanks, everybody, for reading. And everybody, please send my man Jim Monas here a congratulatory tweet. Or beer. Maybe they can find you and just get you a beer. We're so happy for you, Jim. Um, oh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some good fun. Value. Yep, we're going to have some good fun with this. I love it. Love it. I mean, we'll make the XFL a part of things. We'll we'll, we'll give oh. people a look at this league that they're not going to get anywhere else. You know? Let's no, we're going to have some good stories coming. Yep. We should get some good guests, too. I like that. Beautiful. Some, some head coaches you're going to be surprised about. Ooh. So you've got some names. You know what's cooking behind the scenes. I like it. it at that. All right. Well, if that's not a reason to subscribe to Go Long, I don't know what is, right? Hey, golongtd.com. Subscribe to the <laughs> podcast, Apple, Spotify. That That's all over the place. And uh, until next time, geez. Well, he, bear, talk about burying the lead. Jim, are you in the Christmas spirit? Now that oh. we're just a few days away. Like every yeah, getting the job announcement right before Christmas. I'm in. I'm in the spirit. Love it. Things are happening. Fire up the Muppets. Play the Mariah Carey. I like the Mariah Carey. I like it. Okay. Beautiful. Well, congratulations. And thank Cheers. you, everybody. We will catch you very, 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 very soon. <laughs>